You're listening to the Unlocking Business Growth Podcast with Nola Heal. Nola has over 30 years of experience in financial and operations management for companies around the world. As a part-time CFO, she's dedicated to working with businesses of all sizes to create sustainable growth and amplify strategy. Today, I'm really excited to be chatting with Tommy Zizian, the Sockmonger. Tommy Zizian is a serial entrepreneur and aspiring philanthropist. He is the owner and operator of Sock Rocket, a Canadian social enterprise whose main goal is to use the promotion and sale of funky socks to fund sock donations to agencies and initiatives across North America. Sock Rocket donates three pairs of socks for every pair sold and, to date, has donated over 120,000 pairs to over 75 different operations helping those in need. Tommy is also the owner and operator of Syntax Era, a Calgary-based web development agency focused on building and managing websites and web applications for small to mid-sized companies. He has a wide variety of experience with programming, web development, e-commerce, digital marketing, and search engine optimization. Additionally, Tommy is part owner of Smoke & Sour, one of the best new restaurants in Canada in Whitehorse, Yukon, and also runs a small internet-based collectibles business. Entrepreneurship has been a bumpy road for Tommy, and he's always excited and willing to share his experience in hopes of helping others find and follow their passions. Tommy actively works within the service, retail, subscription, social enterprise, collectibles, and restaurant business models. Though he is most passionate about social enterprise and the benefits it creates for business ecosystems. Welcome, Tommy. Thank you for joining us today. Your career and variety of endeavors is awesome. To start us off, I wonder if you could give us a little bit of background beyond the bio. How did you get started and where is your focus now? Uh, Definitely. Thank you for having me. First of all, this is awesome. Um, I, yeah, I guess my, my journey through entrepreneurship started, uh, probably when I was in junior high school or high school, I, th- I think this is kind of a common thing too. people are, uh, from what I've heard, um, just, uh, actually selling burnt CDs, uh, to, to my friends and to, uh, people in my school, um, burning music onto CDs and, and selling it. That was a, that was my first original entrepreneurship gig i guess you could call it it didn't go well it was not successful but i tried that's unfortunate yeah (laughs) you gotta start somewhere (laughs) it was a good attempt (laughs) yeah um i think uh that i didn't really take that seriously um it wasn't like i was starting my entrepreneurship journey there in my own head i was just doing something fun and uh then it you know went into the real working world like any normal teenager uh eventually through i think through traveling i just realized that um you know the internet was a very powerful tool and and that uh, work could be done remotely quite easily um and that there were a lot of opportunities out there uh, so so you know melding all those things together i i just uh decided that i wanted to you know make something for myself rather than than working in the predefined uh, structure of the of the corporate world um and yeah just 
started from there, started small and, and started very small and, uh, and built up to, to where we are now, which is by no means large, but, uh, you know, it's a work in progress. Absolutely. Well, you seem to be doing quite a variety of things at the moment. I must admit, I, I sometimes wonder how you keep all the balls in the air juggling all of what you do. So one of the things yeah. you're doing, which sounds really like a lot of fun, is uh, Sock Rocket. What do you do in the company? What, what are you up to? Yeah, so Sock Rocket uh, started originally as a, a side project. Um, it was just a little hobby. Um, I was, you know, web development was my main gig at that point. Uh, and then over the years, Sock Rocket is in its sixth year now, so it, it's uh, it's sort of developed into um, my main my main focus. It's taking up the the vast majority of my time. Um, Sock Rocket is a Canadian social enterprise, so we're based here in Calgary. Uh, we basically design and build funky socks. We sell them across the world uh, through a variety of channels. And then every pair of socks that we sell, we also donate three pairs to uh, mostly Canadian-based agencies that are providing uh, clothing donations to those in need. And that, that sort of spans a, a variety of um, industries. Absolutely awesome. So how many pairs have you managed to donate so far? And do you have any particular designs that are more popular or more fun than others? Uh, yeah, I, yes, definitely more popular. <laughs> I we I would like to think that they're all uh, a lot of fun. We don't oh, do, uh, we don't do the, the boring stripes and, and dots and such. Uh, we try to keep it pretty funky and off the wall. Um to date, we've donated, I believe now, just over 130,000 pairs of socks, uh, which has been, I mean, the, the majority of that has come in the last uh, 18 to 24 months. Um, I think in our first year, we donated like, you know, 100 pairs or something like that. And, and it's, you know, it's been a process. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So it's obviously growing almost exponentially as you as you move along, are you finding it's because it's as people become more aware of the socks or what is causing the growth? Uh, it's a good question. We've, we've had a bit of a, of an abstract um, road to uh, where we've, where we are at right now. Um, originally, I mean, we were sort of just two Xing, three Xing every year for the first Three years, three and a half years, we were on pace for that uh, as, as you know, any, not any, but as, as many companies would be with, with the right, um, you know, love and care put into it. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it's, it's a very basic business model. We're not, we're not innovating a ton here besides the fact that, that we're really pushing that social enterprise component. Mm -hmm. um, the... <laughs> In uh, in and around the end of the third third full year, I guess in operation, maybe it's the fourth full year in operation. Uh, <laughs> again, my, my parenting brain sort of fails me sometimes. But uh, uh, I know at it. the end of <laughs> yeah, at the end of twenty nineteen, we were sort of um, we had a, a, a bit of an event happen uh, here. We was actually. Um, president of, of of the america down there uh, nice. at the time um wow. so donald trump yeah was speaking and it's a long story but he accidentally said the name of our company uh, in one of his 
speeches, uh, which we did not ask for, but uh, it it turned into hey, a huge deal. That's and phenomenal marketing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it was, yeah, it was a pretty serious boost in in traffic to you know and and eyes on what we were doing. Awesome. Um, which is, I mean, it was very difficult, obviously. It's a very polarizing figure, and, and we're just a sock company. We're by no means, you know, trying to make any political, political. statements here. So, yeah, true. Uh, yeah, it was, it was different, but uh, point being, it sort, of, it sort of took us from where we were and put us ahead a couple of years in our, in our business plan, um, just from the sheer volume and, and the tension that we were getting. So, um, from there, we were able to, to sort of readjust and, and, uh, make plans for the following uh, uh, years after that. Okay. Okay. Did you notice any impact from COVID-19? Was there a growth that you could attribute to people being at home or not in the office? Or do you think it's more just the tra- uh, trajectory of having become better known or the, the name resonating? Uh, it's an interesting question. It's I'm still trying to figure that out, as I'm sure a lot of business owners are at this time. Um, you know, we're we're certainly not done with this. I don't think um, so. It's it, there's still a lot of of uh, you know guesswork going on and and trying to navigate um, this you know brave new world that we're we're coming through into here. Uh, I think that there was such a push even right away and, and through all of 2020. So I, I think it's probably tapering off a bit now, but um, I mean, we'll see what happens coming into the 2021 holiday season. There was such a push right away for, uh, you know, keeping your local businesses afloat, right. And supporting, supporting your local economy, supporting the Canadian economy here in Canada and elsewhere in the world. Uh, that I mean, we felt that love and support for sure. Awesome. Um, from from the community here in Calgary and throughout Alberta, as well as across Canada, um, a lot of a lot of you know on an individual level, obviously on a, on a consumer level, but also on a business to business level, um, a lot of larger a larger you know, media companies and brands just reaching out and trying to support smaller companies through the through the hardship. Uh, so that was was super beneficial and, and that allowed us to to not have to adjust too much on uh you know cash flow and and budgeting forecasting you know inventory purchase etc because we were at the same time losing you know three out of five pretty much of our of our channels uh in you know markets and events which were were gone um, we haven't done a single market or event since, I guess, Christmas of 2019 or, or I guess February Probably. of 2019 Yeah, or yeah. 2020. I mean. 2020. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, a lot of stores were closing down and, and also didn't have budgets uh, to be continually purchasing inventory when they're operating at 10 to 15%. So our, our wholesale uh, channel took a huge hit as well. Uh, and, you know, custom socks being the other main part of what we do. A lot of you know who's what. What company is is going to be able to justify a large marketing budget towards some sort of promotional item in a time where you know where are you using promotional items? Absolutely, so, 
and and every dollar counts when yeah when every you, dollar when counts, you're desperate exactly. quite frankly 100 so. um so those things sort of uh, y- you know we lost those revenue streams um but being able to push that money into digital marketing and just just lean on our website and and lean on uh on the support of the community was um was was quite something absolutely <laughs> phenomenal so how through this process did you find that the pandemic impacted your supply chains and actually manufacturing i don't know if you manufacture internationally globally locally what um, if there was an impact on the actual manufacturing and supply side of the business as well. Yeah. Um, so we do, we manufacture globally and locally. Um, we have a, a couple of different um, partnerships going on, but uh, we were sort of ahead of that. And I know that there are a lot of other companies in this space that, uh, that I was dealing with at the time or, you know, just, just um, friends and, and people that have met along the way, just speaking to them along the way. Uh, we were sort of ahead of the issue here because obviously this originated in, you know, South Asia and that's where a lot of our production is, was then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, and such is the case with, uh, with a, you know, the majority, I would say of, uh, of textile companies at least, uh, so in, you know, in January and February of 2019 or 2020, excuse me, um, was when we started hearing a lot about this uh, from them. And before it was even, before it was public knowledge here, what was happening, we were already fully shut down on our production facilities for like, they did, you know, six week six weeks starting in the middle of January or end of January. Um, so by the time, I think it was like the first week of March, March, March between the 10th and 13th, something like that, when, when it all hit the fan here, uh, we were already opening back up our production. They were, you know, in China, they were already finishing their quarantines and, and sorting out, um, you know, return to work programs and such. So it was an interesting, interesting. it was an interesting thing. Like we were yeah. unable to use the pandemic as an excuse right because it wasn't a pandemic we had a lot of uh, things on order that that we sort of had to just be like okay we're not going to get these at all um so we had to to pivot before we could say to you know those customers hey um you know there's pandemic so we can't you know no one's on the same page as us then yeah (laughs) oh Um, yeah so we moved uh, a lot of our production at that time uh, into uh, back here into uh, actually Calgary, like shout out to uh, Plains Breakers, a company here in the city. Um, they do, uh, they do a lot of our stuff here locally now. And, and they picked up a lot of the slack for us and, and, uh, you know, indebted to that. Cause that was, uh, that was clutch. Well, that's fantastic. <laughs> you supporting local as well of a fashion. So yeah. Uh, and then them supporting you know. us right back uh, just by being able to take on some of those extra orders and, yeah. and help us satisfy that's some customers. Absolutely that, uh, awesome. So yeah. from the perspective of the inspiration on the designs, do you do that yourself or where does the inspiration come from? Uh, the inspiration comes from all over the place. It's uh, it's a lot of, of just silly jokes that I think are funny um, awesome. that I want to see happen. Um, 
we uh, we take a ton of suggestions. So we used to when we were when we were in the the market and event world, we um, we used to take like actual suggestions from people because people would come around all the time and want to see different things. Like they would have very specific. Hey, do you have you know socks with teeth on them? We're like, no, <laughs> but you <laughs> but know we'll throw it in, we the, in the box, right? Yeah. Um, so we we did a lot of that, and and a lot of the design ideas over the years have come from uh, from just you know random individuals that that said hey do you have this and we said nope that's a great idea um and then uh my it's actually my um my wife's sister who does a ton of our uh design she's a graphic designer here in calgary her name is jessica phillips um and she's uh she's i mean highly creative so um it's a good good little partnership that we have going on absolutely that's pretty jolly awesome and in terms of the um, associations that you support, how are they identified? Do you kind of identify the biggest need or or do some of them in fact even reach out to you and ask for the, you to put them on their, on your list? Yeah, that's a thing uh, that's been ever evolving, obviously. In the beginning, <clears throat> we would reach out um, to the agencies that, that you know, we we're trying to spread out the donations across the country as much as possible. Again, in the first two years, full two years of business, we only donated, and I shouldn't say only, but we donated 2000 pairs of socks ish. That's pretty um, awesome. So that's anyway. not, yeah. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, Nothing to sneeze at. Yeah. You're very right. I think I've sort of lost sight of that a little bit uh, because the numbers <laughs> are a lot bigger now. Uh, but uh, you know, at the time, just reaching out to the standard, ones that you would you would think here in the city we did most of our donations were in calgary at that time we didn't have a supply chain for it we were just like going you know going to the store and buying socks and bringing them down to to the agency so it was, it was very uh, uh grassroots you could say right. um but yeah just you know the calgary drop-in center and the children's cottage i think those are the two first the the first ones that we reached out to and just said hey this is what we're doing you want some socks and of course they were like yes please do that please yeah uh and since then, it's it's evolved a lot. Obviously, um, I get emails almost daily from agencies across agencies and initiatives across the country, um, just saying like, "Hey, this is what we do, and and can you can you help us?" Uh, and m- almost always, the answer is yes, uh, but uh, it's not always immediately. So makes um, a lot of sense. I mean, that alone must become a bit of a full-time occupation, trying to, once you become better and better known, all the reach-outs that you receive must go. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's... Uh, yes, you're right. Um, it's difficult. It's difficult to say no uh, when, when we have to say no. Um, but it's it's a lot of fun to, I mean, obviously this is a, this is something that I'm very passionate about, and I love social enterprise. I love the the uh, potential benefits for for the world. Um, so I mean, it's I'm also I've also I've been involved in that field for a while. Just even just by association, like my wife has been has been a social worker for a long time. Uh, it's been uh, it's been a privilege really to interact with all of these agencies and mm-hmm. initiatives and and um, converse with the volunteers and staff and and owners and such uh, and just uh, just hear their stories and and be able to help is is a privilege. 
Absolutely. I must admit, our our not-for-profit organizations do fantastic work. They really do. And the way they stretch their, their, their limited resources is absolutely amazing. So you're also active in the restaurant business. Now, how do you manage to to do that in combination in a different geographic region to where you physically located. Yeah. Um, it's a long story. It's a, uh, it, it's very unique one. I think, uh, my, one of my best friends in the whole world, uh, he lived here for a long time. He's from, so, so the, so the company is, so I should shout out the company. The company is called Smoke and yeah. Sow, uh, awesome. Southern barbecue. It's located in Whitehorse, uh, in the Yukon, uh, in my own subjective, unfounded opinion, it's got to be one of the best new restaurants in Canada. We've been, uh, we just got our restaurant space in November. Um, we were yes. a food truck for two and a half years before that. So, uh, also in Yukon. Yeah, in were the you, Yukon. The food whole time. truck in Yukon. Oh, yeah, phenomenal. Food, food truck downtown Whitehorse. Yeah. Uh, pretty popular spot, and rightfully so. Uh, so, so one of my best friends, uh, he lived in Calgary for a long time. Uh, came down here from Whitehorse with his wife to do his Red Seal and get his, uh, his education uh, in culinary arts. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then worked through, that's what I was doing at the time too, not getting my education, but uh, just working in that, in that, in the hospitality industry in, in kitchens. Um, so we met through that uh, when, when I was 18, I guess. And, uh, you know, spent a lot of time together over the next, 10 to 12 years. And uh, by the time he was ready to open a restaurant, he, uh, he, you know, obviously that was his dream. Um, Mm -hmm. He, he decided he wanted to do it in back home in Whitehorse. Uh, You know, it it fit the concept, it fit, you know, being around family and such. So I was not going to be going to Whitehorse to live. Uh, My life is here. So, um, we we went our separate ways, you know, and, and he went up there. Uh, yeah, yeah, it was it was tough, but that was the uh, you know the, the genesis of the whole of the whole restaurant was um, was at that time, and and he uh, he went up there. I was doing a lot of web development, so it just sort of fit for me uh, to to help him build out the branding, um, mm-hmm. help him build out you know social media presence, and and build out a, a, a web presence in general with the website and such. Um, so that's what, what I did. I don't think that either of us had planned at that time for me to be as involved as I am now. Um, but again, that's just sort of a thing that, that fell into place. I think that it proves once again, just the power of the internet and, and what you can accomplish if you really, uh, you know, bear down and, and say, and, you know, put the hurdles aside and just say, like, this is very possible. Absolutely. So, um, yeah, yeah this make point it I, happen. And it certainly yeah. sounds like a phenomenal relationship, quite honestly. You have different strengths and different ability to assist in different areas that happen to not overlap, but the interests overlap. So yes. that's, that's really amazing. I mean, I was going to say, how do you make all these puzzle pieces fit together? But uh, it's quite apparent that it is just maybe fortuitous that the relationships yeah, work. Definitely, definitely. Um, 
I mean, a lot of planning as well and, and a lot of uh, strategizing to say like, okay, if we're going to do it this way, then, then, you know, these are the pieces that need to be in place and this is how we need to stick to our strategy. And, um, you know, obviously we speak daily. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, and he has a partner up there, which, which helps. Um, there's, there are three of us. Uh, so my role is, is um, strictly digital and uh, it's, it's fully on the marketing side, fully on the website and, and just, um, you know, providing what I can on the business side uh, from afar. And, uh, and they are, they are really the, the heroes, right? Like they're doing all of the, all of the um, incredible food. Like I know, it, I know it's, I know I'm biased, but like, damn, <laughs> they do, they do a really good job. You're um, probably so, yeah. being seriously deprived. I mean, oh, we're going to have to get them to, you know, like maybe come down to the stampede or something and give us some samples so that we you can try no this idea. out. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's been, uh, I mean, especially because this is a, this is a person that I uh, essentially grew up with uh, through, through my whole twenties, right? Like we actually lived in the same apartment buildings. We had, um, I ha- I've eaten a lot of food that, uh, that uh, Ray Magnuson is his name. I've eaten a lot of Ray's food. Um, don't get to you right now. Although we have done a couple of, uh, of, of, uh, cooler, cooler send downs. So I've got, I've got some frozen food from, from the smoking south sent on down to us here. Oh, that's <laughs> pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear that, you know, the, and that he can do it up there, you know, and that you can remain involved and that's yeah. pretty awesome. So in creating all these various businesses along the way, there must have been quite a lot of challenges. Do you have any particular secrets or techniques that you use to overcome the hurdles in entrepreneurship? Because being an entrepreneur <laughs> is not always an easy road. After the fact, when you look back, it's a very rewarding road, but uh, yeah. it's not easy. No, I, I, I can't imagine that it's easy for, for anyone. Or if it is, then, you know, let me know <laughs> what you did. <laughs> you all know that um, secret. Yeah. I mean, I think for myself, the thing that has has made it, <clears throat> I don't know if it's much of a secret, but made it easier for me over the years uh, is to, to take these dives and, and um, you know, see what happens is really just the just embracing sort of my my own lack of expertise, uh, just really not not trying to um, pretend like I'm like I know what I'm talking about uh, and just embrace that, that I'm sort of an imposter in, in this world. I, I don't have a formal um, business education. I, I didn't have, you know, I wasn't, <clears throat> I wasn't, no one took me under their wing and, and showed me the ways. No one, no one, uh, no one, I wasn't like a, a minor partner in some, you know, bigger organization or anything like that. Um I just sort of started and it, and it was just, it was goal motivated. It was just saying, this is what I want to do. You know, I want to, I want to be on my own time. I don't want to answer to people. I want to make it happen for myself and my family um, down, down the road. And uh, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm not an expert and I'm going to just embrace that and, and start making choices and see what happens. Um, I don't mind even in my personal life, like I just, I don't mind failing at things. It doesn't bother me. Uh, so I think that was, that was a, a big That's part a big of it. Part to just of be it. Like, try it out, see what happens, 
it's not like everything that I've ever started has worked <laughs> far and away, actually. Well, that's probably why the ones you're involved in now are so successful in that you've obviously learned the lessons along the way and figured out how to, how to, are all of the businesses, um, a kind of teamwork, more than one person involved in, in each of your current businesses? Uh, no, but before I answer that, I'll just, I'll digress and say, like, I certainly don't feel, you know, all of the businesses are successful. Uh, okay. And I don't feel like I'm any sort of expert now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I still feel like that every day, every single day I'm making decisions. I'm like, is this the right decision? I don't really know, but I'm going to just, I'm going to just do it, you know? Um, right. and sometimes they work and sometimes they don't. And that's just the way it goes. So, uh, awesome. you know, I, I certainly don't feel like I've, I've gained all of this experience and it's made me an expert. Mm-hmm. I just feel like I've gained all this experience and it's, it's each one, you know, each little bit of experience helps me with the next decision. That's all. Oh, absolutely um, fantastic. Yeah. So, so are they all, are they all teams? No, they're not. Um, Smoke and Sow obviously is a team. Uh, I am, I am the smallest part of the team. <laughs> Uh, you know, those guys do, do amazing work. Uh, we communicate every day, uh, multiple times a day. We've got, we've got a good system in place now. Nice. Um, so, so yeah, a ton of teamwork there and, and a very unique setup, obviously. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sock Rocket is a team in that, uh, you know, I have a ton of people helping in, a, in a, their own ways. Um, I, I contract out a, a lot of people. Um, to be the expert in their field. I'm, I'm certainly, I don't have any kind of like pride complex where I need to be the guy doing all of the things. Like I'm more than happy to pay, uh, you know, ex- experts to do different things. So um, that, uh, that, that is, a, a, you know, that's teamwork in itself. I also, mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of the designs and, and the artwork and the, you know, advertisements and any of the graphics and things like those are all not, not, done by me mostly um which is amazing like i have i have people around me that are that have been very willing to help over the years obviously i mean in any entrepreneurial journey like my family has been has been a a big help over the years especially in the beginning years i actually uh in in the second year of the company i went traveling with my wife we went we went and lived in sweden for eight months um and (laughs) yeah my my parents actually uh, filled orders while we were gone. <laughs> that was we were at a much smaller scale, obviously, than we're at right now, and it was manageable in that way. But, um, but that you know, that's not fantastic. something that right. I mean, not, not every set of parents that. would be be that thrilled with what you you undertaking and accomplishing that they'd actually just pitch in and help for an yeah. extended period. They probably had a lot of fun. It was probably something different to what they normally did. So Yeah, definitely. And and they've helped out along the way since then as well. I mean, obviously in a limited capacity now because it's sort of beyond that that oh, yeah. you know family business. But yeah. uh, my brother's also been heavily involved uh, at, at various points over the years, um, as well as, as uh, his partner. And um, obviously my wife has been... Um, very heavily involved over the last, uh, the whole time. I mean, um, she, we, we fill orders and do all kinds of things together. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a team. 
it's team five for sure. Uh, my my uh, web company is just me. I don't have any. I, I contract out a few things, but um, no, uh, certainly no staff. Certainly no, uh, you know, not a lot of collaboration there. It's it's a lot of uh, of one on one stuff. I I you know I, I collaborate here and there with other other people, but um, mostly not. Yeah, um, I know you've developed I the expertise in that area, and that's probably contributing to the other businesses too. Because I must admit, I yeah. do feel that the web ability is a large part of the secret in so many of the businesses um, and and their success. I mean, even more so in the last year. Let's face it; everybody had to go uh, digital. But, You're very yeah, right. you know, when you're struggling with a web presence, it detracts from the business automatically. It's almost a given that there will be a reduction in the impact and, and more of a struggle in making the business succeed. So, uh, yeah, you have, obviously have the technique there. <laughs> I, I'd like to think so, yeah. I, I Obviously, I agree. Um, you know, the, the web... Uh, knowledge I, I, again I won't call it expertise but definitely the you know knowing your way around that space uh, has been super beneficial um, even as a, you know from a startup perspective uh, one of the biggest costs right now I mean in, in e-commerce one of the biggest costs obviously is going to be setting up your um, web presence your website your branding material your your graphics material your advertisements social media accounts um, you know search engine optimization and such if you have a if you have a handle on those things then you know I was able to cut out almost all of those startup costs uh, which is is you know irregular but um, very doable I mean these things are not especially in today's world where there's tons of tools out there and, and tons of, of ways for you to learn. I mean, you can learn all of those things on the internet. Right. But it's time and uh, you would have been sure. able to accomplish <laughs> things a lot faster. And time is money when, when you're a startup, if you can get there even a little bit faster, um, it, it really, really is beneficial because we're all inclined to struggle and, and you false start a lot as you're learning these new things. So, uh, yeah, that's, right. that's very, very beneficial. Um, so with these various businesses, and I suppose particularly with Sock Rocket, are there trends that you see impacting the industry and company over the, let's call it medium term, three to five years? Uh, I would say less so with, with, I mean, trend wise, but maybe less so with sock rocket and more obviously on the website, there's, I mean, things change every day. Mm -hmm. Um, learning, you know, I, I learned something and it's, I'm, I get pretty good at it and then it's obsolete, you know, a couple of years later or it's replaced with something that's better. And, um, that's, that's been difficult to stay on top of because I haven't devoted a ton of time to continuing education in that field, oh, yeah. obviously I've had other things to do. Um, Sock Rocket is, uh, I mean, I don't want to say that, I mean, fun is timeless, right? Mm -hmm. People are, people want to have fun and, um, also timeless is, is, uh, not social enterprise, but, but certainly the concept of, uh, of wanting your dollars to be spent in more than one place or wanting to support companies that are, that are doing good things in the world. Right. So 
I would say the trend is is upwards in that people are becoming more aware that uh, there are a lot of companies out there that are operating in the social enterprise space. And there are a lot of good things that are being done um, by these companies. And, and I obviously don't mean to take anything away from the actual heroes who are, who are the charities and, no, and NPOs and yeah. um, people that are, you know, grassroots organizations that are hitting the ground doing the actual heavy lifting. Yes. Um, but my stance as, as a, uh, as a business owner and a, and a person in the social enterprise space has been, you know, preaching about social enterprise uh, and, and really getting consumers to understand that these companies are out there and getting consumers to understand that they, that, that it's okay to be demanding things like this from their um, business community. Yes. Uh, and also trying to help entrepreneurs and, and young people specifically understand that um, it is very possible. You know, the social enterprise business model is a very viable one. It can be quite profitable and it is very possible to be both profitable and socially responsible uh, inside a small business. So um, I think I think I see that trending in that more people are paying attention to it, more people are taking it seriously, less people are writing it off as a joke. Um, you know, how do you possibly make money? I heard a lot of that in the beginning, mm-hmm. and, and I'm sure that's still out there. Um, but to me, that that's just motivation to be like, well, you know, let me tell you. <laughs> let me tell you. Uh, let me prove it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so that for sure. And then, and then I would say the average person, I think, is probably, it's becoming more and more commonplace uh, just, f- you know, from a basic perspective to... Uh, to wear fun things and not care as much about, you know, the, the stuffy, uh, well, I shouldn't say stuffy, but, um, no, but the, yeah, the traditional know, the conservative approach, shall we say? You yeah. Know? I mean, if and, we think back, I don't know, 20 years, if you think about it, all business was done in collar and tie and yes. your banker and your accountant and your lawyer and your, let's name many, 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 um, were always dressed in a very, very conservative way. And nowadays it's not so much the case. And, you know, I mean, Casual Fridays came in and and initially the reaction was, what? How can you wear jeans at work? It it just, it's going to impact your performance and all these things. And over time we've learned that, yes, you need to be, respectably dressed and there's appropriate dress and inappropriate dress but it doesn't mean people can't get a really good job done and have fun at the same time yeah you you nailed it that's exactly that's exactly it um i remember as a kid you know being thinking that that was all very weird and you know why why can't we you know why don't people just wear whatever they want and you know why is why is self-expression have to be contained and kept out of a professional environment um you know in the name of of productivity like you said uh i always thought that was funny like why you know you're not going to be as productive if you're wearing jeans (laughs) why though yeah and and here we are at, at at sort of the the pinnacle of that in 2021 where we've got an entire world basically looking to, you know, be put back to work and, and tons of people are like, I don't want to go back to work. You know, I'm having, I'm just as productive, if not more productive here at home. 
Um, you know, I'm, I feel like I'm, I'm in a better spot. My work-life balance is better. My mental health is better. And I certainly don't mean to generalize. That's not, that's not for everyone. It's, it's, I'm just, I mean, it's a, Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, quite a juxtaposition from, from, um, where we were previously, where, you know, you, you only wear, you only wear, you know, black slacks and maybe you wear gray slacks sometimes. Maybe, maybe. Yeah. You know, if you're really feeling way out and, and, and artistic on the day, then perhaps yes. you'll put some gray ones on, you know. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so I see that changing. changed. Yeah. And, and I see that changing more and more every year and, and, you know, people are willing to, uh, you know, have fun with their, with their wearables and, uh, and not have it be, um, not even just, you know, expressing themselves through proper fashion and, and, you know, well put together ensembles and such. And, and I don't mean to take anything away from that world. No, but, no, uh, it's, but yeah, for us, it's you just, just wear, wear what you want to wear. And we encourage everyone to, to, you know, just have as much fun as possible. Have a bit of fun. You know, I mean, work is such a large part of our of our lives and we have yeah. we can have fun in our personal lives in our in our giving lives in our work lives and if socks are going to be part of that and in the process we can actually help some others as as you are doing just to use one example well why not have their fun in in that process it's it's exactly. it's just awesome, you know. It it, it makes a, a more rounded life, shall we say? You don't have to live with everything in a box, and and things are taboo and things aren't taboo. Well, as long as you're not impacting on someone else's life in some negative, um, you know, invasive way, well, have a little fun and, and yeah, enjoy and your work you- as well. <laughs> That's our entire. That's like our entire branding. That's our messaging right there. You just nailed it. So, that's, oh, well, uh, obviously, I fully agree. I am not creative and artistic. <laughs> I need to learn from your sister-in-law because, uh, yeah, yeah I, I'm a little grey uh, bean counter, shall we say? You know, I'm one of those accountant people in my grey suit and all those things. Yes. <laughs> Right. <laughs> oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Your words, not mine. <laughs> so true. Yes, I have to put myself back in the box that I belong in, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so along the way, I mean, you've obviously you've had some successes, some that you don't necessarily describe as successes. Have you noticed particular characteristics that make some successful in their endeavors while others really do seem to struggle and repetitively struggle along the way or give up? It's a good question. Um, I mean, I I think that there are a lot of answers. I think that there are a lot of reasons why some people struggle, some people don't struggle. Um, or I mean, that's not true. I mean, I think everyone struggles in some capacity in this journey. There's no easy road to, to entrepreneurship. Um, but I, certainly some people struggle more and other, more than others. And so, certainly some people give up, uh, or some people fail and that's all totally fine. Um, I think that, uh, for me personally, I would say that it, similar to my previous point that, you know, really embracing my own lack of expertise and, and just going for it has been super beneficial and has allowed me to 
you know, not second guess my choices as much um, and just say, like, just be okay with the possibility, sometimes large possibility that some of these decisions are going to be the wrong ones and that, uh, you know, it's not going to work. Certainly, I can only imagine that that's not easy for everyone to get on board with. You know, there are a lot of different reasons why people would be not willing to fail. And those are all valid reasons. Um, obviously, financially, you have to be in, in the right position to be able to, to jump into it. And I wasn't, for the record, mm-hmm. uh, but I did, I, you know, I, we didn't have any kids when I was starting all of, all of these ventures. And um, my wife had a, had a solid job and still does. I had these different read different revenue streams and I was I was um big into I was being influenced a lot in that um space and people saying like people that I that I was listening to saying you know different revenue streams is is really the way to do it and it's not really about one entrepreneurial venture it's kind of about you know doing doing some different things and seeing what happens so I think the comfort in failure is a huge one being able to take that leap. And, and I do see that from a ton of different founders uh, or people that I know and have interacted with a lot over the years of doing this. Obviously, in the small business world, you meet a lot of small business owners as well and, and um, you know, contracting and, and collaborating and, and just chatting at events and markets and such. Um, that's, that's kind of a common theme, I would say. People are not afraid to make mistakes they're they're just putting themselves out there and saying like here i am here's my idea you might think it's stupid i don't really care you know i'm gonna try my best and and if it works it works and if it doesn't well that's okay too you know i I had fun trying or or i learned a lot along the way or or whatever i think that that's um it's a great attitude to have and certainly some people are are strictly financially motivated and that's cool too you know if you want to get into it you know without the without the the drive to um create and more with the drive to just to just you know make bank that's fine that's that's part of it but i think the uh the comfort in one's ability to fail is is uh huge yeah is it's an important aspect it absolutely is and i must agree i think the advice to have a few different endeavors on the go is probably very beneficial both because you can learn different things from different different undertakings but also that way if something doesn't work quite as well as anticipated you can either go more in on something else or choose to give up on that thing or learn from the second more successful undertaking and apply that learning in the first one that isn't working quite as well because I mean I would personally I would like to see all of our small businesses succeed more Mm -hmm. Uh, we need to somehow learn to stop this crazy revolving door of businesses that only survive for in many cases I think the statistics say three to five years and that is so unfortunate because there is no way that we are going to diversify an economy ever if our businesses only get to a certain size and we give up on them or they don't succeed or we don't support them so they can't succeed. 
But the more we can learn from one, let's face it, a small business morphs into something else and bigger along the way. So if we can keep everyone going and help people to survive, well, we all benefit from that. We really do. Yeah, I definitely agree fully. Um, I would love to see... I know that entrepreneurship and, and you know, social entrepreneurship as well uh, more recently has taken uh, taken hold in um, the university scene. Uh, awesome. I would love to see that um, taught more at a high school level. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to see more, more workshops um, surrounding that. Uh, not just, I mean, again, obviously I'm biased, but not just uh, from a, from a entrepreneurship or, or a business ownership perspective but um from a social um entrepreneurship perspective yes uh, i would love to see to see both of those things uh um talked about a lot more uh in in high school and in, in junior high school because uh, yeah I, I think that um we're in a weird spot <laughs> globally right now for a lot of yeah. reasons but uh but certainly um from a capitalist perspective i mean uh you know monopolies are monopolizing right uh and that's hard to yeah yeah, that's hard to break out of um you know and and billionaires are being billionaires i i'm i've been very critical of of you know billionaire class and i'm sure that i'm not alone in that out there Mm -hmm. but for me just even seeing you know living out this this uh living out the sock rocket journey for the last five and a half or whatever it's been years um you know, I've I've seen firsthand, I've experienced firsthand just how um, easy and efficient and affordable it is to provide basic needs uh, to people who just straight up are not getting their basic needs met. Um, right. I think that there are a lot more people out there, even locally, that are not having their basic needs met than people realize. Uh, and, and my experience, and I've, I've, you know, stayed as humble as possible to this whole thing. Like, I know we're doing a good thing. We get a lot of props. We're certainly not innovating. We're, we're not, this is not groundbreaking work. Like providing socks to people who need socks is not, we're but not, let's we're not, face it when you have no socks. Yeah. When or, you have no socks, a nice pair know, of socks. And, and believe me, I've, I've experienced phenomenal. firsthand, like giving, you know, socks to people who just want a pair of socks that. The level of appreciation that that is shown is is like heartbreaking in a lot it's of enormous. ways, right? It really, um, really it's just is a, enormous. It's just a pair of socks. Yeah. So, you know, having learned all of that through the through the years, I think uh, I've become even more critical of of the billionaire class, even more critical of of big business, um, because I can I can see how friggin' simple it is, uh, you know, on a human level to just. You know, do good things in the world and improve the the quality of life of those who will really benefit from having their quality of life improved. And there's, it's very true that you know, for many people, it's not for everybody. For but for many people, the personal accomplishment in running your own company, whatever that little initiative may be, even if you're a consultant to companies. A lot of people get way more out of that sense of achievement doing it themselves, whereas a lot of the companies land up giving up for exactly that reason, because big business 
comes in and they just can't survive because big business is either taking the market or making it impossible to recruit people even. I've heard a lot of people in, in the Calgary and Alberta market say that as oil booms, a lot of the businesses don't survive because they can't recruit people at an right. affordable price. Now, that has a big impact, too. So uh, there's so many factors. Really there are a ton of factors. And, and I don't know that there is one answer um, for, for you know, a way out of that. And I really, I mean, I'm not trying to be like nihilistic or something, but I, I really don't think that there is a path out of that. Um, I think that, that the system is designed such that, you know, the, the big companies are going to continue to flourish. Uh, yes. And, and you know, that's okay in some spaces, oh, yeah. but, um, you know, certainly not all of them um and the, you know the the restaurant scene is a is a good representation of that as well and there are a lot mm -hmm. of there's a lot of big money in that world uh and and big money breeds big opportunity and and by no means is it easy but it's certainly when you have a formula <laughs> when you have a formula based approach to something that you know a, you know mass franchising or something like that um you know that's that's what breeds um, gentrification, right? Like we're, and we see that we see that in Calgary a ton. Um, we see that I'm assuming in in a lot of other places like Calgary. Calgary is, is obviously you know Not near the top mean. of the income yeah. scale and such. And uh, but yeah, I mean we're we're I don't know if there is one one solid answer. I, and I but I think that the pandemic has taught us collectively a lot about um who who the humans are behind all of these small businesses um and you know why it's important to support them not just because it's it's you know it's trendy right just it's mm -hmm. been trendy to to support your local economy but that doesn't mean that everyone understands why it's important right and i think that um, the pandemic has has um, done a lot of good things in that space yeah yeah, you know, as we say, the pandemic has been such a mixed blessing, a double-edged sword. There's so much that's good about it, and there is so much that really, really was catastrophic. So, yeah, pretty awesome. Well, um, do you perhaps have any thoughts you'd like to leave listeners with for the podcast? Anything we haven't mentioned or any last, uh, you know? I don't know if it's anything that we haven't mentioned, but, but I would say that... Uh you know, I would encourage everyone to, to, I know it's cliche, but I would encourage everyone to, to follow their dreams and do the things that they, that they want to do uh, with their time. I think that entrepreneurship is daunting for sure. It was daunting to me. Um, it's a struggle. It's a battle, but it's a ton of fun and it's very rewarding. Uh, and it's nowhere near as difficult as anyone tells you that it is it can it's it's very doable especially in 2021 as the years go by every year entrepreneurship gets easier and more accessible to the masses because of the internet so you don't have to have you don't have to open up a shop on your corner and mm -hmm. start you know try to try to direct passerbys into your brick and mortar that those days are gone like you can certainly do that still and and oh, yeah. kudos to those people because that's that's tough but, uh, you know, the internet provides you the ability to sell anything that you want as long as there is a niche group of people globally that's willing to pay attention to it. Um, 
there's a lot of options out there and uh, there are a ton of resources and every year there's more and more resources um, more and more you know in you know instructional how to's and and um, courses online for getting into it and, and sorting it out everything that I've learned through this has been from the internet so uh, pretty awesome. I would I would encourage that and I would also say that um, social enterprise is where it's at <laughs> I'm obviously biased but you know please check it out um, check out the uh, the companies in your area that are doing things like this and uh, and try to and, and understand their business models and what what makes it work you know if if it's something that resonates with you talk to your kids about it talk to young people about it talk to your friends about it because uh, you know like I said before it's very very possible to run profitable and socially responsible businesses um, it doesn't have to be a charity we are a profitable business. We are for-profit capital business, but we have a social component that drives our our um, everything. It drives our reason for existing is is yeah. this social component. So, bake it up, build it into the business plan in the beginning. Super, super viable. Uh, I would say that that's that's my that's been my main message for through Sock Rocket for this entire thing. It's just you know, social enterprise is is uh, I think the future. Absolutely. And you've certainly demonstrated that, I mean, you're in it for the long road, you have been successful and will continue to be increasingly successful with, with the right model. So how well, do people so. contact you? And learn uh, you about can, your uh, businesses? Soc and yeah, <laughs> SockRocket.ca, SockRocket.com. Uh, you can check us out on social media, um, SockRocket on Instagram, The SockRocket on Twitter. Uh, you can send me an email hello awesome. at sockrocket.ca. Uh, you can straight up give me a phone call. Of, well, I think it's one 24 sock 8 Call me. Okay. <laughs> we can talk about Fantastic. social enterprise if anyone. There you go. Will do. And I will put all of that on the show <laughs> notes page for the podcast episode so that people can find you because I you do go. certainly it's, – it's been a – a lot of fun having a chat and learning so much more about your businesses and I admit I've got a lot more to learn so I am going to have to get on this it's uh, certainly something to be done so thanks thank very so much. much for joining us today Tommy this hey, really was you. a lot of fun and for making the time to tell us so much more about these social enterprises and just how successful you have been and, and others certainly could be I, I really appreciate uh, your time. I appreciate the opportunity to share. Um, it's obviously I'm very passionate about uh, about social enterprise in particular uh, and about um, inspiring people to follow their entrepreneurial journeys. So thank you. Thank you. Okay. Well, thank you very much and enjoy the rest of the day. Thanks. You as well. The Unlocking Business Growth Podcast is sponsored by Protea Consulting Professional Corporation. We help our clients translate their operating and accounting data into the strategy for business growth they're truly capable of. Subscribe to the Unlocking Business Growth podcast on iTunes, Google Play and Spotify to hear from other companies that have overcome growth challenges. Get a free copy of NOLA's latest book, The 5F Strategy, Bottom Line Growth in Any Economy Without Additional Sales and Marketing and download the Financial Growth Scorecard at proteaconsulting.ca. Work with us to achieve your business potential. 
To find out if we're a fit for your business, email info at proteaconsulting.ca and follow the Unlocking Business Growth podcast on LinkedIn and Facebook.